0: d before the end of the year. I'm Peter Stewart, joined by Anthony Davis. Now, Anthony Davis is a British broadcaster, writer and voiceover artist. He's now based in the United States, in Los Angeles of all places, and he's worked on radio and TV shows. He's done news and presentation and his voice campaigns and commercials and documentaries. And today we're going to be talking about some of his live event work, because that means another kind of voice, another kind of presentation when you can actually see the people in front of you potentially. Things like uh, the Commonwealth Games with live announcing. So Anthony today how do you get over your nerves when you can actually see people in front of you?
1: I do love this question because I often think people gravitate towards the stuff that they're good at you know to do for as a job and I would find it more difficult to sit in an office for nine hours of the day (laughs) rather than be in a booth looking out over In the case of the Commonwealth Games, I think it was 90,000 people. It's just my natural home. So in the case of the Commonwealth Games, they built a, a little booth almost up behind the royal box. I could see Her Majesty the Queen just a few rows down in front of me. And I'm sitting on my own. There's nobody with me with a little mixer and a little TV screen so I can see the BBC's coverage and headphones. And I can hear the show caller, the director talking in my ear. So... As I said in our first conversation, you really shouldn't think about who's out there in any great number. Just do the same job, whether it's a billion people or whether it's 30 people, and you'll be fine.
0: And I think part of that also is being very comfortable in your surroundings, isn't it? Now, I don't know whether... yeah, If you walk into a studio for the very first time... Sometimes you can't avoid that, of course, if you're going in to do some voiceover work for somebody. You've never been in that studio before. You don't know the setup. You don't know the people. But if you can familiarise yourself with the surroundings, you're going to be more comfortable. And if you're more comfortable, you're going to be more confident. And if you're more confident, you're going to relax. You're going to have a better voice. You're going to trip over less. I remember once when I started reading the news for a series of uh, nationwide radio stations in the UK and they came live from the top of Centrepoint Tower in the middle of London. The studio had a window right in front of it that looked out over Oxford Street and I suddenly thought oh my goodness I've done thousands of broadcasts in my time but I can now for the very first time see right across London as I'm broadcasting and that kind of kind of gave me a bit of a a, a jelly belly for a few seconds and I thought no as you've said there doesn't matter that I can see people about the situation I've got to calm down I've got to relax do that deep breathing exercises and this is just like any other broadcast so what I'm saying is if you can familiarize yourself with the surroundings if you know you're going to get on air go into the studio feel it be with somebody else there feel comfortable in it and that will mean that you get a better broadcast performance as well hopefully you'll agree with that
1: i really do and i do like the idea of you being up at the top of center point because i I've, i never read the news or the travel on any radio stations and i always wanted to you know to me that was the dream job think of yourself as a small business when you go into a studio know the kit understand the technology recognise that if a room is soundproofed, you need to speak differently to how you would speak if it's not a soundproofed room. Because if you talk too loudly into that microphone and it's a large diaphragm mic rather than a dynamic mic and there's no soundproofing in the room, it's going to sound terrible. So, you know, you need to be a little bit like Jason Bourne when you go into the studio, you know. You need to have eyes everywhere and then you'll do a better job.
0: You've got to be a one-take wonder for a live situation, haven't you? I, I guess a lot of that is down to well, it's down to confidence, it's down to being comfortable, as we've just said. It's also down to prep as well. Can, can you over-rehearse? I'm just thinking if you over-rehearse your script too many times, the words stop meaning much to you anymore. And, and perhaps you can lose touch with the meaning, whether that's a live event or whether that's a, a voiceover script in a studio.
1: I agree with that. I mean, my rule is that I will only read something once in advance. And I don't read it even aloud. I like to look through it because sight reading is a skill that it's essential. And sight reading is even necessary when you are talking not on camera. You know, people think that sight reading is something that you only really need to do when there's a camera there. So you can look at the page and then look up or even on a live stage. But that's not true. Sight reading is just as important when you're in a voiceover booth or you're in a radio studio because Your natural position is looking up and looking forward towards the microphone. And if you're looking down, you're going to have a very different read because your neck will be compromised. Therefore, your windpipe will be compromised. So, you know, sit up and shoulders back, as our parents used to say. I really feel it's important that we learn the skills of sight reading. And then once we have that skill, we're going to make less mistakes in a live situation. And I, when I did the Royal Variety performance, I did it a few times. They used to pre-record that show. It was when the BBC did it. It's done by ITV now. But when the BBC used to do it, they would pre-record the voiceover and just play the tapes in. But I got the sense that the voiceover that I was listening to was never really in the moment. It didn't feel like it was there. To be there is a different thing. There is a compromise to being there, and that is that the quality won't be as good as it would be if you were pre-recording in a nice studio. Anyway, when I did finally get the job to do this dream show of mine, I said, look, I'd really like to do it live. I want to stand in the wings and announce the raw variety as it was done in the olden days. And we recorded a a safety in the studio, just in case. But they ended up not using that. They used me talking on a very standard microphone. There wasn't even a fancy setup. I was literally standing in the wings, holding the microphone. I wore a tuxedo, incidentally. That's very important to me. And so when you watch back those shows, you really hear that it's not it's not not a nervous energy, but it's just being in the moment, feeling the orchestra, feeling the timpani, feeling the 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 smell of the grease paint. All of those elements help the voiceover be part of the show. And it's our job as voiceover artists or voice actors or announcers, whatever you want to call us. To know the skills required to put ourselves right into the show, rather than just being a disembodied voice. And that's why I've never liked the VOG, the voice of God. I've never really liked that as a title for a voice, because I don't want a voiceover to come from the sky. I want it to be right in the middle of the show.
0: It's feeding off the the audience, isn't it? It's feeding off that buzz. It's being in the moment. It's a word I don't like much, but that kind of authenticity of being there in the situation and reading the situation, feeling the situation as well.
1: And having the feels is a big part of being a performer uh, and especially a voice performer. And I felt that I had more experience on the radio because I'd spent years as a comic going around the country, doing stand-up in front of audiences, seeing them, feeling them, and smelling them. A lot of radio presenters that I had worked with had never been outside a radio studio other than to maybe do a roadshow. You know, they would have to imagine how the audience might react. And I, I found myself as a radio host leaving gaps where I thought people might laugh, you know, taking advantage of silence, which is something I learned from being on the stage. All of these disciplines are essential in delivering your final product. You can never have too much experience. And that's why I always advise people to take any job, you know, don't get caught up in the money. Don't get caught up in, in, you know, the, whether you want to do it or not, just take the experience because one day you might get a booking to do a live something that is not pre-recorded that requires you to get it right first time. And you will draw on all of those experiences, both in studio and in life and that will make you a better broadcaster.
0: Excellent. Well, that sounds as though that's your top tip to get a better broadcast, podcast and voice over voice. Anthony, thank you so much for joining us. If people want to follow you, know more about you, book you, possibly, perhaps, your contact details, sir.
1: Well, my website is anthonydavis.com and you can also hear me every day hosting five-minute news wherever you get your podcasts excellent
0: Anthony thank you so much indeed for joining us and tomorrow on the program I'm going to be looking back at series one of get a better broadcast podcast and voice over voice and then on New Year's Day looking forward to season two and the kind of content that I've got lined up for you then as get a better broadcast podcast and voice over voice
1: continues from London I'm Peter Stewart